We'll turn in your Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This morning, we talked about preparing to receive. So, as long as that's what God wants us to do, we're going to continue to be preparing ourselves for what God has for us. And along the way, part of doing that is correcting um, attitudes or... um, the current state that we're in, you know, whatever we can think of that may need correction in our life. And along the way, it's also beginning to build new traits and characteristics that mimic uh, Jesus and what He would have us to be. So, tonight I want to talk about uh, verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And that's really where I want to focus tonight is is our maturity as a Christian. You know, I I look at my kids and I see some behaviors that I had as a child. I see things they do, um, the way they say certain things. I see those kind of things, and I, I remember when I was a kid thinking and doing things the same way. And I realized that there came a point as I grew, as I become older, that um, those things weren't necessarily acceptable anymore because I was no longer a child. Have you ever had somebody tell you, you're too big to be doing that? You're too, you're, you're, you shouldn't be acting that way because you're, you should be above that. <clears throat> well, as Christians, there's certain things that we do that we shouldn't be doing because we're too big for that. We're, we ought to be mature enough to have already overcome those kind of things in our life. We should be past the things that baby Christians do. And we still find ourselves doing some of those things sometimes. Those childish things. So as we look at this stuff, let's let's keep in mind that there are those that are still baby Christians, and rightfully so. So we, we shouldn't use this as a blanket application to every Christian. Because there are those that are still learning. I expect my youngest one to still act a certain way because he is a child. I expect things from my oldest one that I don't expect from my youngest one because she's older. So we need to keep that in mind as we deal with other Christians. We need to think about, okay, what is their state? Where are they in their walk with God? How long have they been a Christian? Should they be past this? Or 
is this where they ought to be? I've got several scriptures I want to share with you tonight that will help reinforce this. Jude 1, which there's only one, but Jude verse 20 and 21 says, But ye, beloved, and I mentioned this some this morning, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So according to Jude We can build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Have y'all ever talked to somebody that decided they were going to leave a church because they just didn't feel like they were getting fed? There's times that happens, right? And you should be getting fed when you come to church. But there are some that are real quick to jump to that position when all along they could be feeding themselves. You see, there comes a point, a level of maturity as a Christian that you should not have to depend on somebody else to feed you. There comes a point, listen, I like to hear other preachers. It does me good to to feed off of some of them sometimes. But if I had to rely on them in order to be spiritually equipped Sunday morning, I would be in sad shape and so would you. If you had to sit and wait on me to get fed by somebody else in order to come and give you something, we'd all be in a sad shape. So there comes a point where you have to grow up enough in Christ to get in the Word on your own. And it's not just reading, it's also spending enough time with God. Getting to that level of maturity that you can sit down and talk with Him. You know, my kids don't understand what it is to sit and have a conversation. Sometimes they like to sit around and listen to adults talk, but they really can't interject very well in the conversation. You'll be sitting and talking about one thing, and all of a sudden, out of left field, they throw in something that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. But you get to a certain maturity in the natural world that you understand how to carry on a conversation, how to talk about valid points that you've already been talking about, and understand what other people enjoy to talk about, right? It's the same way with God you get to a certain level where you can talk with God and not just ask of God. That's what Jude's talking about. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Getting to that level where you're not dependent on another person, another man, to feed you every time. It's good to be fed. I'm not telling you you get to a point where you ain't got to go to church. But you get to a point where you're not solely dependent on that person to bring a word to you to eat on. Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20. 
Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So this word tells us that we should unite in prayer. You know, we've been talking about the armor of God over the past month or so, a couple months, and how prayer is really... I think of prayer as kind of the vehicle for my weapons. That's how I think of it, right? This is the method by which I can go to war spiritually. Prayer. Now, prayer is not necessarily my weapon, but it's how I use my weapons. Well, let's think about this for a minute. I always like to relate things in uh, a natural, worldly kind of sense where Everybody can understand you because the Word tells you that a spiritual man can understand carnal and spiritual things, but a natural man can only understand things of the natural, not of the Spirit. So I want to make sure everybody understands. If you were going to war, who would you want in fighting beside you? Would you want a seasoned war veteran that's very skilled with his weapon? Or would you want... Just some common, average, everyday citizen that that just got sucked into the army and didn't have a choice in the matter and would probably rather be somewhere else besides standing there beside you. Not very skilled with a weapon. They received about an hour of training. Have never shot a gun before in their life. Who would you want beside you? I would want the guy that knows how to fight, right? I would want the one that's got some experience with using his weapons. Make sure he's not going to shoot me in the back of the head. You know? Somebody that knows what they're doing. Some of y'all probably heard the Scripture first and said, what in the world does that have to do with what we're talking about? But see, when we unite in prayer together... I want to know that the people that are uniting with me in prayer are spiritually mature enough to know how to use their weapons. They know how to get in contact with God. They know how to talk with God. They have spent time using that spiritual armor to the point that they've become experienced with it. Does that mean I will ever want to pray with somebody that's immature? No. But you understand the necessity for you to become mature. You see, you you get to a point where that stuff kind of becomes second nature to you. You begin to understand deeper things of God. You don't have to sit around for 20 minutes trying to build up this emotion to the point where you can pray. You can just pray when the time is right. Those are the kind of people you want around you when you're praying. I like to think of them as prayer warriors. Y'all ever heard that term? I want some people to know how to pray. Hebrews 5 and 12 through 14. 
I know we've all heard this one before. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now look at verse 12. Unfortunately, I can think of quite a few people that verse 12 applies to. For when for the first time you ought to be teachers, and by teachers I don't mean just holding a position, I mean actually able to teach, apt in teaching. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. I know too many of these kind of people. Been a Christian a long time, so long in fact, they've already forgotten what it was they learned to begin with. Because they never revisited any of it. It never, it has kind of, they've kind of fell out of practice, so to speak. You know, they're still a Christian. They still come to church. They do all the Christian stuff. But they ought to be mature enough to the point. It's, you know, and don't take any offense, anybody. But have you seen older people that kind of slip back into immaturity a little bit? And I'm sure it's you know a, it's a it's a health problem. It's not necessarily that they're just crazy. It's they've gotten to this point where because of some sort of mental problem, maybe it's Alzheimer's or something like that. They they have kind of slid back in in their maturity, and they start acting like a kid again. Well, unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that have spiritual Alzheimer's. They get to a point of maturity, but as time goes by, they kind of they don't really try to advance anymore, and they forget the stuff they learned, and they start sliding back into this baby state, and they have to get back on the milk again. That's pretty devastating to a church. It's devastating to the work God wants a church to be doing when people like that don't see the need to continue growing. They don't see that they're doing anything wrong because I'm a Christian. I come to church. What else is there? See, they never get to that point or maybe they get there and then decide I want to back off some. But they never get to where they understand what it is God requires of us. Total surrender, total sacrifice of ourself to Him and His purposes. They want to stay a baby. They want people to feed them. They they want people to just kind of baby them along and, oh, that's okay. Instead of taking the responsibility of the, the, for their self and doing what it is they ought to be doing. Greatly hinders a church. 
Hosea 4 and 6. This is my last scripture tonight. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. See, a lot of people stop with that first part, and that's bad enough right there, right? People are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. See, it's not just the lack of knowledge, it's the rejection of the knowledge. I will also reject thee. Now this is getting serious. But thou shalt be no no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Man. Because of lack of knowledge, people are destroyed. You know why that is? Because people don't know what kind of power they have at their command. And I'm not trying to build anybody up and say that somebody is powerful. I'm saying because I'm a child of God, because of the price Jesus paid, because I'm covered by His blood, and I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ, I have power through the name of Jesus. That power over all demons, I can command them, but under His name, Lack of knowledge. People don't know that. They don't know the promises of God. And they become destroyed because when Satan attacks, they don't know what to say to him. They don't know how to command him. They don't understand where their power lies because they don't know what the Word says. And not only that, but they've rejected the opportunity to learn it. They didn't take the time to sit down and put the Word in them. They didn't sacrifice all the other stuff so that they could spend time with God to learn those things. Unfortunately, there's too many of those people today too. Y'all, I'm telling you all this stuff not because I think you're one of those people, but because we've got to get this stuff out of the way to prepare to receive what God has for us. We've got to, you need to be examining yourself. If one of these things applies to you, you need to clean it up. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature in Christ. But we're not going to be able to do the work God has for us. We're not going to be able to be victorious in whatever it is He assigns to us to do as long as we're babies. We're not going to be able to help other babies if we're babies, you don't ever see babies feeding babies. You see grown-ups feeding babies. Somebody that's more mature. You know, I, I carry a whole lot of the load up here as far as who's doing the, the teaching and the giving. But I'm going to tell you all right now, there is a whole lot more opportunity for teaching than just what you see here on Sunday morning and Sunday night. There is a whole lot more ministry that can go on besides just what Kevin and the handful of Sunday school teachers do. 
There's things that we can be doing and reaching out to, but we can't do that until we get a church that's spiritually mature. Thank God most of you here tonight are. I know you are. I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to tickle your ears. The reason that you're here is because most of you are spiritually mature. We've got a whole lot that aren't, and that's why they're not here tonight. That's why they don't spend time coming Sunday nights or Wednesday nights because they've forgotten. They're still eating on the milk and don't really have any desire to get on milk, on anything off of milk. Give you one more illustration. You ever notice that as a kid, kids don't seem to have the same kind of taste that grown ups do? There's, there's certain things that you kind of just acquire a taste for more complex flavors and things as you get older. And I mean, some of that's just you don't like it, but there are certain things that when I was a kid, I couldn't stand, but as I got older, I kind of developed and acquired a taste for it, not just because it really tastes good, but because there were other benefits. There were other reasons to, to partake of it, like coffee, for example. Not just because I wanted to get a buzz, but I kind of got a taste for coffee in certain fashions. Especially some of the fancier stuff, you know. Something other than Folgers, Rhonda. <laughs> but as a kid, I didn't want to even touch coffee in no shape or form. As we get older and, and more mature in Christ, we're, we will develop more of a taste and desire for some of the things in the Word. And as you look at those things as a baby in Christ, it don't make any sense to you. And you're saying, I don't, I don't really even want to get into that. But as you dig deeper and you kind of mature a little bit, you start to see how God worked in various different ways and you begin to want to understand more about God. But if you never... See, here's my problem with my kids sometimes. They don't even want to try something because it doesn't look good or because it smells funny or something like that, you know? And I tell them, it, just at least try it one time. If you don't like it, I won't say nothing else to you, but try it one time. Because you might like it. As Christians, we, we need to dig a little more. It may be something that's uncomfortable at first. It may be something that kind of goes against our thinking even. But as you dig into the Word, you need to just, just be a little open. And say, God, I'm going to try it. I'm going to dig into this Word. and uh, See, we have to have a certain level of trust. And I tell my kids all the time, now look, would I tell you this if I didn't think it was good? Would I try to make you eat something that was nasty? And they say, no. And they usually they'll go ahead and try it then because there's a certain level of trust. And we ought to have that kind of trust with God as we dig into His Word. We ought to say, wait a minute, this is the Word of God. There ain't nothing in here that's going to hurt me. There ain't nothing in here that's going to slow me down. If anything, this is going to help me and it's going to make me grow. 
But we've got a lot of Christians today that would a whole lot rather just keep eating on those little morsels of things, the milk that everybody knows, those verses everybody can quote, the low-hanging fruit, and they don't want to work to get to any of the other stuff. We can't stay that way. We've got to grow. 